To the nameless program i'm your host ninja with my co-host jay and we are jay ja what's going on what's going on jay what's good brother? not much i'm just really excited to have basketball back where are you bro bro i'm in staples center Jeez. Every, everyone's in Orlando, and I'm here at Staples Center. All I see is purple <laughs> and yellow, bro. Yeah. You know, I got the, the city jersey on. Oh, man. It must feel jib. good. It must feel good to be a Lakers fan right now, right? Yeah. I mean, it was feeling good in March. You know what I mean? And it's like yeah. reset. Yeah, I'm real passionate about the Lakers. Oh. It must oh. seem so it's kind of weird watching sports, right? We're like, like I was watching baseball, and they have these like blow up doll fans. <laughs> so weird, right? But you know, you know, like in April and May, I was watching a lot of Korean baseball, which was nice because I used to watch these games when I was a kid. And I'd be bugging my aunt and uncle, "Hey, can you take me to a game? Can you take me to a game?" And uh, yeah, we spent a lot of time in Busan, so our team was uh, Lotte. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was a lot of fun. I, I've always been in love with sports. And now it's, you know, I worked eight years in Fox Sports. So it, it became work and it was a lot of fun. But then again, at some point, you, you kind of lose your desire to turn your hobby or your passion into mm -hmm. your work. Yeah, it's hard for or it's hard for people. Yeah, that's what happens. It's like you love something and you're so into it. And then when it becomes work for you, then it's like, you know, it's like kind of fades out. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, um, I was in my high school varsity basketball team. I don't know if anybody uh, knows that. I know Vince knows it. What's up, Vince? Yep. Uh, Vince <laughs> knows it. I put up a little video of me, you know, taking a couple. I saw it. Yeah, you you hit like you hit. Yeah, you hit like uh, six out of seven there. Yeah, it was a couple of swishes in there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, some nice form. When I was a kid, right, all I did was go to the park and play basketball every day. I mean, every day. Every day. Do you think um, our topic today is passion? Do you think that you're a lot more passionate about things when you're younger than older? Mm -hmm. Yeah, most definitely. I think when you th things are still new when you're young and. Mm -hmm. The world hasn't caught up to you yet. Oh, we lost your video. Uh, can you guys still hear me? I can hear you, yeah. All right, yeah, so the world hasn't, you know, caught up to you yet. So it's kind of like you're still fresh. You're still like an empty hard drive, you know? You know when your, right. your computer gets filled, it slows down and it, got, it gets a little glitchy. But when you're young, you're just full of that um, potential and everything is new and everything is exciting and you just go for it you know what i mean you just go for it and you surround your friend your friends are you know your peers are your the same age give or take a few years right and you're surrounded mm -hmm. by that so you know when you are in a position where everybody has the same 
goal, same cause, it's going to push you forward, you know, and, you know, push you to train, push you to play ball, whatever it is. When you get a little older, you know, the world, like I said, catches up to you and you run out of gas a little bit. Right. Well, yeah, when you're younger, all the elements are there. So one, it's new. So you don't know much other things that Mm -hmm. take away from your focus. And uh, you just have a lot more energy. Yeah, your testosterone is still pumping. Oh, God. I wish I had some more testosterone. Around puberty is the worst. Oh, my God. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, speaking of testosterone, let's bring somebody on. Why not do it early? Hi, Sage. Welcome to, about the, welcome to the show, Stage. Welcome, welcome to, the, to show. the show. Thank you. We're Thank talking you. about testosterone and passion. And mm-hmm. what are your thoughts about the word passion? How would you define that? I would define it almost as like love or like what drives you to do something. Like when you're passionate about like a certain, like, as you were saying, like you're kind of more passionate about things when you're younger. But I feel like it's more mm-hmm. like you're just kind of like more like excited about it and like your dreams are bigger. So it's like it's like the whole world. It's like so many opportunities that you realize like are a lot smaller as you get older. Mm. Mm. Sunshine says that uh, she's 49 and still very passionate. She's a dreamer. I like that. Yeah, dreamers. Awesome. Like fantasy, right? You know, that's that's mm-hmm. the difference. Uh, you know, fantasy is like the things that you think about and dream about, but you don't really do, you know? Mm-hmm. I was watching uh, a little video clip with Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield, and he talks about that, how Evander Holyfield, when he was younger, wanted to be the heavyweight champion. And his, um, his I guess, boxing coach or teacher was telling him, you know, the difference between a fantasy and, you know, a goal, you know, and passion is definitely involved and you can't give up, right? That's, that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's a part of it. You can't give up. Mm -hmm. Quitters don't become the heavyweight champion. You're right. You're right. Quitters don't. It's like you're, yeah, you're willing to work for your passion. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, if you're passionate about something, it gives you a reason, um, to learn about it more and achieve that mastery over, over it, right? I mean, you, you think about athletes. Athletes are probably one of the most passionate professions in the world. Athletes, artists, right? They obsess over it. What makes, what's a driving force is is, is passion, right? Mm-hmm. And you speak about mastery, right? To be a master, um, it's someone that has knowledge, wisdom, and understanding about mm-hmm. what they're doing. And each one of those things takes time. You know, you get the knowledge of it, but your body has to and, and understand it. It has to like break it down and, and has to get go through it. It has to get the scars, the bruises, you know? And you get to that point where you're just one with what you're doing. You know, it's effortless. I think that itself is a high, you know, mm-hmm. to get to that point, it's like a super high. And we talk about passion and, and, and it could be such a good thing, but it can also be such a bad thing, right? Think about 
relationships, right? If you think about relationships, there's a lot of passion and things involved and you break up, that could become dangerous. You know, people become dangerous because it's fueling, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, a, it's like that fire, that gasoline to that fire. You ever been in a situation like that? Yeah, I feel like it can be kind of like almost addicting, like a passion and a relationship. It's kind of like you need it, like fuels you, it keeps you going. And then to like not have it, it's all of a sudden like, even if it's a bad relationship, I feel like it makes me want to stay. Just because mm. it's just like that feeling, like to keep chasing that, just the feeling for it. You know, I think about the first four letters in passion and then the first three letters. <laughs> if you could pass on ass. <laughs> You'll be all right. <laughs> oh, my God. That's classic. That is classic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a day. That worked. That worked. <laughs> Man, speaking of work, you just got off work. You- yeah, I drove over here. I didn't want to be late for the show. I'm so passionate about what we're doing, you know? Oh, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, I mean, I really believe in what we're doing, what we're sharing. We have a core group of followers, you know? And I love that, you know? It's, it's, it's so strong. I like I miss it, you know. I look forward to being on here and having guests, new guests. Look, look, listen, I knew it was a matter of time. <laughs> we just <on> the <laughs> Thanks, Paul. <laughs> oh, we like to ruin the show, but you're right. Passion has both its ups and its downs. Mm-hmm. It's just that feeling, it's your where your focus is, is where your drive is. Mm-hmm. Um but it has a lot of downs too. Yeah. I mean, it could be used against you very easily. Um, let's bring on Bree. We'll bring her on early. Hey, Bree, welcome to the show. Hey. Hey, Bree. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Bree, you know, me, yeah, Jay, and Bree go way back, right? Way we, back. Before the locks, when I was fat, all of that. <laughs> yeah, she, she Brie has gone through a transformation, y'all. You know, and we we go to a a, a different platform uh, of video chatting and communicating, and it's it's crazy that we're all back here today. You know, right? And we also have right. Sage on. I'm pretty sure Sage. Right. I'm gonna get a bunch of messages about Sage. Yeah, oh probably. God, it's gonna happen. <laughs> it's gonna happen. <laughs> What's up, Brie? What are you up to? What's going on with you? Um, so yeah, I've been through a lot over the past what seven years that we've known each other from everything from heartbreaks to building businesses to being scammed to being Christian to like preaching, um, to puppet shows, to everything. I, I don't I don't know. Whatever whatever I'm doing, it's a new thing every year. Mm-hmm. Um I was supposed to be just, I guess I've just been running with my passions um, and for better or for worse. Where's your passion now? Where's most of your focus? Uh, what's, I mean, do you have it's an end game mostly or? mostly on, um, it's in ministry, but not in the typical ministry. It's more in like 
repairing for a lot of people what churches broke and what religious people broke because a lot of people don't have any faith in anything anymore because you know some crazy religious person um beat the faith out of them or scared them away from ever even thinking about god or any type of spiritual focus so i've been kind of helping people um see psychological problems health mental health issues and things like that with a spiritual approach and perspective to try and like overcome some of those boundaries like depression suicide ptsd and incorporating meditative prayer and uh herbal cleanses and you know self-discipline into that does that become your business <sighs> i wish i could call it a business i've made zero dollars and spent all of them so it's not a business it's definitely a passion but it hasn't become a profitable passion Jeez, mm. you know what you guys don't know about Bree, she's also ex-military yeah yep. oh yeah but that's more like 20 uh, years ago like uh, I, you know when y'all knew me i was fat and everything like that i was so far away nah <laughs> you weren't fat it was it was, it was never it was never about your size or I, I looks, was, I was, we were I was really drawn to you as, as a person and mm -hmm. we still are yeah well, thank you i appreciate that i was um pleasantly plump so i was far from Listen, military training weight me and ninja were always out of line we're always out of line always and always out of line always no but i was out of line too i mean i wore a whole lot more makeup and yeah. a whole lot less clothing even though i had a whole lot more meat i wore right. a whole lot less clothing yeah i mean you know but you always kept us in check and that's why you know you're our I tried, robin i tried so on the howard series show you're our robin right but I you tried. know y'all y'all trolled me a lot that's what it was <laughs> yeah you trolled me a lot we have especially we have. you jay you trolled me a lot <laughs> the we, first we, day you met me you trolled me like with brie we have a great online relationship that's gone from then till now but Sage has actually met us. We've actually hung out in oh, person. Oh yeah, because you're both New Yorkers. Well, I'm right, I'm a New Yorker. Uh, Sage is uh, uh Well, you're in, up there in New York. Yeah, well, getting coffee. Well, I was I was visiting New York. <laughs> I was visiting New York. I got introduced to Sage. We hung out. Um, obviously, oh, I'm cool. there with Ninja, so we all kind of hung out. We spent some time together. Mm -hmm. I remember Halloween. We spent cool. some time together as well. Yeah, we went to the well, Halloween when people days. here stop stop bathing in the Corona, y'all need to come to Florida. Um, and We've then been I talking can't offer about you that nothing forever. here except for except for getting drunk. Nobody does anything here except for crystal meth and getting drunk. Uh, we can get <laughs> drunk. I won't do any crystal meth. No, oh my gosh. I went through so much when I got scammed by that lady that I had to give her up because I was like in a one bedroom, not even a one bedroom. I was in a room with a million boxes and an 85 pound pit bull. So I had to send her to a family that uh really did appreciate her with three with three kids and like two acres and she could run around and funk up things and chew up everything over there. Dude, I love her, but it was the best decision dog? I ever made. Do you still get to see your dog? No, no, I don't know. They're a little far away. They're like an hour away. And, and okay. it was my vet, one of uh, her friend's husbands. And I owe them like five or 600 bucks before because they boarded her whenever I had her uh, in my little room, she was really sad. She got depressed. So I had them board her there, like where she could run around and they charged me daily for that. 
So I owed them like 500 bucks and I was just like, just, you know, slide away and never, never contact them again. They ain't never getting that money, man. I just, just no compliance. I just, if I, if I just never respond ever again, they can't buy me with it. So <laughs> it's terrible awesome. trifling, but still. Sage, do you have any pets? Nope. I can't, like, I have, I have a small New York apartment. Like, there's no room for a pet. You gotta be pretty that. passionate about pets to have a pet in New York. You do. I feel like. Mm, that's Definitely. interesting you guys bring that up. A friend of mine, actually, uh, Vivi, uh, was a guest on the show. Uh, she's actually moving, um, getting a, a new place, and she's asked me to watch uh, her ferrets. She said they're like small dogs, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know nothing about watching no ferrets, man. You know, I work like my my work schedule is crazy. I'm gonna help her though, you know, because I'm passionate about helping my friends. <laughs> but I don't know how I'm gonna. <laughs> so I heard this horror story that ferrets like will like eat your lips off when you sleep. <laughs> hmm. Thanks. We'll say goodbye to these. We'll say goodbye to his juicy lips. <laughs> my soup. My soup is always going to be hot now. Well, if you eat, it depends. It depends on what you eat. Like apparently they 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 are drawn to certain smells, like oh. from your mouth after you eat something, and they can like chew your lips off. Oh, nah, man. Just, See, you guys are scaring me. So do, they have ferrets, do they have ferrets in Korea? I don't think so. I think you're safe as long as you eat Korean food. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. So throw a lot of hot pepper and garlic. I mean, uh, those would be some pretty gangster ferrets if they could eat a lot of hot pepper. Mm. Ugh. I don't know. I just I'm thinking about the smell. You know, I'm thinking about having to clean up um, after them. You know, I don't even know where they go. You Kevin says. Kevin says they your shorts. shorts. So they'll bite other things. Oh, God. Good thing you're not a girl, because then it would bite your other lips. They're kind of like long rats. <laughs> oh, no, stop. See, this is what I'm saying about y'all. They're kind of like long rats um, from what I've seen of them, like like long rats. Mm. Uh, you know, we'll see what I've happens. I've heard they're sweet besides the biting off the lips part, and that might have just applied to small children, but besides the biting off the lips, they're supposed to be sweet. But mm. I don't know because they're. Yeah, do they go in litter? I don't. Do they have? Do, do any like ferret litter or kitty litter for them? I don't know where do they go to the bathroom. I don't know. I have this no idea. Probably like probably like in your shoes. It's probably something really gross. Nah, they gotta be in a cage. They're not gonna be running around here. Well, I next time, yeah, feel like next time yeah. you see Vivi, you should like really inspect both of her lips. Oh. <laughs> God. <laughs> and you should have lots of follow-up questions before you agree to like take on someone's passion for their animals because a lot of people do things for their animals that like really is a passion. Like one of my friends has this dog that has like like bladder and bowel problems and she has to three times a day like take it and like massage its parts to make it go poddle like piddle and, and poop. And I'm like that's a lot of work. Like I love mm. animals but I don't they smell like pee. Love. Like, I just, I don't, that's a lot of work. Paul yeah. says uh, he thinks it's in Columbia or super expensive coffee ground that has to be eaten and digested oh, by Oh, that's the civic ferrets, coffee, the, no, the poop 
No, no, it's not that. It's called coffee, Polly. It's called uh, Cafe Luwak, mm. and it's uh, solely in Bali, up in the mountains. And it's an animal. Yeah, I guess it's similar looking to a ferret. It's like a little monkey thing, isn't it? No, no, it's it looks like a ferret. I've been oh. to the to to the to the farms, and what they do is they're obsessed about coffee, and uh, they only eat the perfect coffee beans. Mm-hmm. So they'll let them out. They eat the coffee beans, and they run back into the cage, and then they pick up the poop because they don't really digest the beans. They eat the fruit around the bean. And then they they take the beans, clean them off, roast them, and it's the most expensive coffee in the world. Yeah, it's a real to thing. To drink poop coffee, I know that. I read that, and I was like, "Yeah, you could not tell me that." Like, I don't. That's one of those things I'd rather just not know. Listen, there is no Juan Valdez in Bali. Okay, there's a bunch of ferrets. Yeah, well, leave them there. You know what I mean? Leave them there. <laughs> leave them there. <laughs> Rosa, it is very good. Yes, if it, if anyone's tried it, but it is very. Oh, good. I'm sure it's good, but that's one of those things you can't tell me ahead of time. You just got to be like, this is the most expensive coffee. Why don't you try it? Make me think I'm bougie while I'm drinking it. But if you tell me that it's poop coffee, like mm-hmm. I'll probably just lose my mind. I just I'm you gotta sure. serve it to me in a little nice cup, all lay, you know, with the milk, you know, and the foam and stuff, and then just not tell me that it came out of a monkey ferret's butt. Yeah, but there's people out here that eat butt. I think we're know? beginning to there's lose lots speech. of things that come out of butts. Yeah, people eat butt but won't drink the coffee. Come on. I don't do any of those things. I told you I'm only here for, for Jesus, for passion for Jesus. Well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, we, we, we know that there's people stuff. out there. I'm just saying, you know, you know, you gotta, you know. <laughs> I don't think I'd want to drink that. Sage, let's go. For, let's go out and get some coffee. Sage, you're in New York. Let's hang out for some coffee. Okay. We can get some coffee. Oh I don't man, coffee. much coffee, but so let's talk so about how much, a, how much a cup are we talking for that expensive coffee? Uh, I mean, back Starbucks in the day, it was me. No, back in the day, it was I think thirty dollars for a small cup. Oh yeah, no, that's yeah. never mind. Yeah. I'd be all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because because they don't eat a ton. Right. So they need a bunch bunch of these. But I think now it's so cultivated and they have so many of these animals that it's a lot cheaper now. But yo, how much would, yo, how much would you pay me if I ate a bunch of coffee beans and shed it out and grinded oh it up for God. you? <laughs> you can buy ninja bean coffee right now. <laughs> your own frappuccinos. Stop. Yeah. Not your crappuccinos. Crappuccinos. <laughs> 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 No, I'm supposed uh, to be Robin. Stop, y'all. I'm supposed to be Robin. If, if you document everything and we can put it on our OnlyFans, I'll give you $35. If I, was, if I was Chinese instead of Korean, Crappuccinos would be even more marketable. Yeah. yeah. No, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, man. Ninja Crappuccinos. Stop. Yeah. Passion for Christ. Let's talk about that for a minute Bree. I know I know you're on this journey you know and yeah. one thing let, let me just share a little bit with you as I, I doubt you'll even believe what I'm about to say but I used to be a hardcore Christian uh, mm-hmm. my father's side of the family we grew up uh, Presbyterian okay and all my uncles and my cousins there like really have big positions in the church my grandmother too but when I got a little older I became a Pentecostal Right, this mm-hmm. is like high school years, like hardcore. I mean, I used to go to 
church Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. And we would have like, all right, let's see if we can read the whole Bible in three days oh, type wow. things. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. So, oh, so I was like really into it. Like when, and I wanted to save people, you know, I was speaking in tongues. I would pray for people and they would start speaking in tongues. Like I knew that I was gifted uh, in that, in that way as a very uh, young child, you know? So what happened? What happened was, instead of going by the Bible, I went in the Bible, you mm -hmm. see? And I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot, of, you know, all these stories and parables, right? Um, yeah. That's in, in, the, in the Bible, you know, I, how does that apply to me now? You know, how, how did I make it real? How do I make it, you know, relative to my life? Instead oh, of just- yeah. Right. So no, that's okay. So how do you get from the spirit into your everyday world? Because you understood the spiritual things you understood. Um, that's kind of what I'm passionate about trying to show people. Like, for example, the seat of like, I'm the type of Christian that talks to people who are the most skeptical, the person who's like, oh, it's all made up. I'm, I'm terrible at talking to believers because I didn't grow up like that. I grew up with a very non-religious family, um, a family that if I told them that I was going to be a Buddhist monk, my mom would be like, fine, whatever, you know, whatever you want to be. Um, and I ended up having a very supernatural experience in which to unbeknownst to me, an angel appeared and all this stuff happened. And I didn't even, I, I went and got CAT scans and stuff, but then people were coming, like, it was crazy. And, um, I started applying like things like the, the seat of consciousness in your brain called the claustrum, looking like a crown of thorns and showing people how the parables of the waves of our emotions and the frequencies of our emotions, our spheres of consciousness, um, showing people how to mind over matter using parables in the Bible and showing them kind of those things. Um, it's, it's a different kind of spirituality. Um, I couldn't explain it in just one show or just one moment. It would have well, to be, you can extend yourself a little bit more. Um, maybe you can talk about, since our show is about passion and everyone knows the passion of Christ. Can you talk a little bit more in school? Some of us on the passion of Christ. So Jesus essentially came to a world that was supposedly full of religious experts who didn't teach or save a single person. They spouted a bunch of rules and didn't actually believe. They were people who spoke of God, but were actually godless. Um, and these were the Pharisees. These were the Pharisees who ran the big temples. Like and Today would be like, like looking at these mega churches. And he came to say, God's nothing like what you guys are saying. And most of the people didn't believe him. So he had to do all of these signs and miracles to show people, hey, not only am I the son of God, but everything that these people are telling you, except for John the Baptist, who they don't even listen to, is everything they're telling you is wrong about God. Um, you know, you guys are so scared of God's punishment that you won't help a friend out in need. You're so judgmental that instead of looking at the prostitute or the leper and saying, hey, let me help you so that you have a better life, you tell them how God doesn't love them. And then you tell rich people 
who pay more money that God loves them and they've never done a single thing. And when he started doing this, these Pharisees were like, man, this dude is crazy. We got to kill him. He's making us look bad. And so I feel like I'm kind of in that position now with without anyone trying to persecute and kill me. But, but I'm in that position now where the more I talk to religious people, you know, with as calm as I've ever been, I've been kicked out of religious organizations, spirits on them. I, I try to show people there's who don't necessarily believe in anything, that there is something to believe in. And I teach them more of what prayer for the early Christians was much more like, because now people don't surpass certain levels of, of, of consciousness to even understand what prayer means. Um, and that incorporates using solfeggio frequencies and um, meditative prayer. And it's much more like Eastern philosophies of prayer, those deep meditations, um, but it's not incorporating that. It's not like, but, but you can't talk to religious people because as soon as you say meditative prayer, like in Eastern philosophy or solfeggio frequencies, they start saying, that's the devil. Mm-hmm. And, um, so- I mean, like, what would you say to somebody like Raekwon who has a song called Heaven or Hell? And he goes, what do you believe in heaven or hell? I don't believe in heaven because we're living in hell. What do you what would you say to somebody like that? I would say he's absolutely right. We do live in hell, kind of. Um, we live in a godless paradigm that the devil has the greatest advantage by claiming that he doesn't exist and neither does God yet. That's the greatest deception of all is to take the powers and attributes of an all seeing God and make them that neither one exists. So you do whatever you want because there is no accountability. There is no spiritual realm. Um, We are kind of living in hell because hell in its essence, not the fiery brimstone, but it's to be separate from a God. It's to be separate from a consciousness. Um, when the Bible speaks of desolations, the desolation of houses and, and temples being your body, that aloneness that you don't have God with you is a desolation. And we so we essentially live in a hell, a godless reality. Um, I'll drink to that. that says, yeah. So where, where people do all types of terrible <clears throat> things. This is the lower realm. Um, and we just don't realize it. And if you could see when, like, when I show people some of the things that I show them through the meditation, the guided meditation, and they start hearing and seeing a spiritual realm that they never connected with, mm-hmm. um, they start realizing that you are not just your thoughts. You're not just alone in your head. You are not just your emotions. There are factors there meant to warp and, and, and affect your perception that you can't see. And it behooves the spiritual forces of this world that you don't see those things, that you don't work in work in work in people find more information about your teachings. Unfortunately, um, there's nothing I've written yet. Um, and as I'm looking up things, I'm, I'm doing this as it's going. It's not a new teaching, but it does require a very eclectic view. Um, unfortunately, I don't find many people who who know about it, who are religious or who write things. There are few ministries, but um, very, Bree, very Bree, few. Bree, let me ask you something. Have you ever heard of a brother by the name of Noble Drew Ali? No. All right. He started a uh, an organization called the Morris Science Temple in America. 
and they're they have a a bible or a quran i don't know whatever i guess they kind of mean the same thing he has a quran or a bible called the holy quran number seven and it talks about jesus's life where it's not there's a part of jesus's life that's omitted in the bible right like i guess right. like from when he was young to like 30 or something like that right i, I don't know the exact age and it talks about I'm, that I'm not sure of, that point of his life those things i i don't go so much into things that are not accepted largely in either the early christian rhetorics meaning um the apocrypha the bible the torah um even some things in the quran just if i'm talking to someone who knows that as their perspective or their paradigm i don't use a lot of books outside of that because those can come from any source the apocrypha mm -hmm. i do add in and use um because i want it to be that if you are in a religious school of thought, you can go to sources that have been kind of confirmed. Um, I like to keep it as confirmed as possible. Once people start right. spearing, spearing off into, into secularization, I'm not, I'm a Christian. I'm not secularized. I don't, the, the Quran is a different promise to Abraham. Um, there's a lot of history behind it. I like to stay in what would be the historical context of understood religious paradigms because then nobody can call what I'm trying to talk about quackery and I can put it into philosophy, modern philosophy, uh, modern psychology and metaphysics and science um, because I'm trying to pull people, not people who already believe a whole lot of stuff, but people who are kind of like the best Christians, whether people believe it or not, are usually the people who are the most skeptical of it, who have great hearts, who go out and do great charitable things, but are completely devoid of the spiritual understanding that they're doing. It's the people that ask, it's the people that ask the questions, the people that those are the people who learn the most. Yeah, and it's yes. kind of very similar to what's happening in this country right now and all over the world is that yeah. we have an election year coming up and people are really showing their passion for this country. Yeah. Um, they're doing everything that they can to try and change this bullshit that we've been living in because look at it sage it's, it's insanity sage are you are you a religious person or a spiritual person i mean sage is such a cool name you know like it can be a herb right and people like burn this herb for cleansing right and sage can also be somebody that you know is in inclined and in tune right and a teacher um, are you, I it's also a very common color. Yeah. I consider myself both religious and spiritual. Um, like I pray every day, but then also I like to like meditate and I feel very spiritually connected to things. Like I'm very big on like energies and that sort of stuff. Um, and I feel like it's hard though to find more about like spiritual stuff. Because sometimes I'm like, it's like I want to find out more, but it's like there's, like she was saying, um, like Brie was saying, there's not really much stuff about it out there. Mm. Um, but yeah, I consider myself both. Like I just like to just feel very in tune with just everything with my mm. mind and body. Do you, if you want to, if you want to um, learn how to speak in tongues. <laughs> <laughs> how do I do that? <laughs> <laughs> Just call us. Okay, okay, okay. You're, you're gonna have to teach me now. I'm ready. Brie, I'm joking, Brie. I'm joking. No, 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 no. Brie, keep I'm trying us to in check. That. 
I'm trying to hear that with an open spiritual heart because I know that there's a part of you that 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 is the bad boy, and then there is a part of you that really does mean that you 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 live this kind of um, right. fluctuating so, duality right, in which so, I'm like I'm not going to jump on you because if you mean it with your heart, you do mean it. Right, and if I you think mean it with your other part, you mean it too. So I don't know what so, to tell you. <laughs> So, so I think the heart is such is, is I think one of the most important things, the most important aspects uh, of your character. It tells you everything. You feel, you know, um, you know, there's two parts that you can deal with. This is from what I've learned, right? You can deal with your higher self or you could deal with your lower self. And I think this is from my studies, um, just one manifestation of it is a constant battle of of man or woman or mind trying to master its physical opposition because our bodies have a nature right so you know we all wake up men most men wake up with boners right and <laughs> hold on I'm, I'm trying to share and this is our nature we we don't control this the sun goes up you know, it could be this, it could be this. There are spiritual forces, right? So there's spiritual forces that have a lot to do with governing those things right. that we call nature. So that's what I'm saying. So the higher self is like, all right, do I get out of bed? I might, I, you have to try to fight the masturbation. You know what I mean? You fight the masturbation. Once you get moving, it's done. But the hardest part is getting, getting out of bed and fighting it sometimes it's a struggle it's the struggle from uh, for, for especially young men you know that nature that lower self is a real thing and we're talking to, we, when we talking about god and devil right you know when you're dealing with your higher self you're dealing with the heavens when you're dealing with your lower self you're dealing with the earth hell or the right hell and the earth all right the earth and, and that's what makes up our physical composition and, and, and hence our our um, connection with nature. So I think you know people write stories to explain these type of things, like fighting uh, masturbation. Or some people then are you know what we'll just circumcise you, so it's harder to masturbate. Okay. That I don't Easy know what... for me to masturbate. I'm I not. Don't, I don't you, think that, that was I, that. I don't, don't think, I don't, so. I don't think, think that, that the process, that? well, I don't think that the process came. I think that it was more a level of, see, we, we look at the Bible as if they were just rules and things that were set for us. But Jesus, one of the things that Jesus said was that he didn't need human testimony, meaning he didn't need us. So who was he speaking to at that time when he said things like, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It wasn't a, a pass all. It was because he could see the human man. Um, and he could see the spiritual forces governing outside of that, that mankind is blind to. He could see the unseen world. That's why when he came, the spirits, he taught a spiritual ministry and the spirits confessed that he was the son of God, was that it's like he jumped in the matrix as the designer and all the glitches in the matrix were like, oh, whoa, it's Neo. Um, what do we do now? And some of them were like, that's not Neo. That's not Neo. Um, that's not that he's not the designer. He's not a son of God. It's because there was a lot of things going on that were unseen. And um, when we look at things like there are a lot of spirits on earth, 
And how do you know which one is governing a person through signs? Signs are like symbols. So signs, the sign of circumcision was given to Moses because, well, who are those people going to listen to? What God do they follow when all the spirits are talking? Who's who's doing what, you know, in this hellacious place of earth full of all types of spirits and a mixing ground and a melting pot? Who's doing what? Well, was mm-hmm. it Abraham? Was it, it was Moses? Right? It was Moses, Moses who got the sign of um a circumcision with the camp of Israel. Well, who are these people and who is their God? Um, the God of Israel says what? Was that a real God? Well, only someone who was hearing something from God would do something. Would take the passion of cutting a piece of his own penis off to show that he has heard God. Um, that's not something that you come up with on your own just to stop masturbating. Remember. These things are not rules because, oh, masturbation is so, it's because the spirits that are around us use you as a neat puppet. Demons, evil spirits, these things are written about in the Apocrypha and things like that that were taken out of scripture, that the evil spirits in the world are a lot of um, what's left over from the giants. And until judgment comes, they kind of have free reign based on our ignorance. So they can take a ride in your body and when you have sex, they have sex. When you masturbate, they get the feeling and they put you in the back seat mm. as if you're there because they know their time is limited and they only have you to run around in and convince. Them. So anyway, one of the signs that you are listening to God is that you are cut off from the flesh, showing that nothing is governing your flesh but the word of God, not because God is is is, is some type of prude who cares so much what you're doing with your body Mm. it's to show out of all the receptors the neuroreceptors in the world who are you listening to what spirit are you listening to Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. these people have this brand this is their name brand this is the mark of this god this is the mark of this god this is apollo and aries and all of them folks the hebrews don't play they cut off a piece of their penis to show that they heard what god said and that they don't want none of that the hebrews don't like to masturbate apparently they're not supposed to and you're not because it, you're not it supposed to, to drop your semen you yeah, know right you're not supposed to do any of that you're not supposed to have sexual sexual what christianity is a little different it's within the confines of marriage you do all of those things whatever it is but those are spirits that control a lot of those actions outside of marriage and even within them. But was R. Kelly, you know, R. Kelly, I know he's he he's something is in him, right? The, the devil of something about and I feel like the the, the the demons were talking through him when he was like, My body all over your body. And he was telling and it was, it was show he was me some ID out. before I get too deep. Um, he even says age ain't nothing but a number. He was married to Aaliyah when she was 14 years old, the Pied Piper of R&B. The spirits confess themselves. Jesus said the spirits confess themselves. They, they like being hidden in plain sight to bank on the ignorance of people to be like, that's not what that is. Well, let, let me ask you something about, about, I mean, I don't want to get too deep in this, but Lot, right? I want to talk to you about Lot and his daughters. Yeah. Because they... Right, and they no. had a they, they, no. They didn't have no. Moab. Isn't wasn't Moab? No, that was actually um, that was Moab. That was way before Lot. That was um, that was like right after. Sodom and Gomorrah after. when they were running away. No, and that's Lot, but that's a different story. They were not Moab. Moab was this was um the daughters of 
this was right after the flood. So it was a whole different time period. Where do Lot Asian people was come during the, the time. Yeah, I was going to say Lot was during a different time period. But oh, that God. was weird. They were supposedly wrong. This is why Moab was cut off for a long time. But Moab was eventually brought back in the fold with Ruth, the Moabite, <laughs> who became the mother of David. Um, but that with the weird daughters of, of Moab, apparently of the families, the eight people who survived the flood, the children of, I don't, I don't remember which one it was, but I know that he went off with his daughters and they thought we're going to live up in this mountain. Yeah, but we're like, not going like, to have any how, sons. How that That's rock? crazy. Let me which ask. is why they were cut off from the how tribe that, of Israel. How, how does that? God rock? didn't tell them to do that. They didn't think. They didn't think that they that this was not something they were commanded to do. This was something they did, and all of Israel cut them off in the tribe of Moab for centuries. So they were I, considered the cursed people until Ruth. Generations later, hundreds of years later, came back in the fold when she married Boaz and became and gave birth to Obed. And Obed became the father of Jesse and Jesse became the father of David. And it was M Ruth who showed through for all of her people that she was obedient to God's word by being a good wife. So only then was Moab allowed back in the fold, but it wasn't that God commanded that you go sleep with your father or no, I, I, they were cursed they, they for that. Drunk. They got him drunk and had babies. They were cursed for that. They were that let wasn't me, something that you, where do Asian people come in in the Bible? Don't listen to any of those genealogies. Nobody no, knows no, these things you. have been separated. We don't we don't get in the Bible. It doesn't it doesn't work like that. The loops that we're in right now are very different from what any of those different tribes are people have been scattered well technically the technically, technically almost all of it technically almost all of it is placed in west asia technically and but technically it's such if you a look close vicinity like the, the epicanthic but it's such a close fold, vicinity to africa and east asia right it really is never mentioned there's I, well there's the 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 remember you know the click people the 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 Gosan Bush people. Right. Mm -hmm. They have an epicanthic eye fold and they're an old, one of the oldest populations that has gone without mixing. And it's considered because of their small frame, fair complexion, in spite of living in the Kalahari, Kalahari desert, that mm -hmm. they are close relatives to the people that we would call Asian descent right now. So, but see, this and is. And they're East African. This is this is one I wanted to touch on, and this is where I was going. You talk about the eye fold, and when you look at um, people that let's say are special, right? Um, they might it's have not a the same as the epicanthic eye fold. But let me just let me explain. So you they might have a chromosome or two that's that's extra than a normal person would have. So they'll have certain type of features, right. and a lot of times uh, things that comes from incest, right? right. There could be some in incest going on. So when I when I went back to Moab and his daughters, right, and who are the Asian people? How do where do Asian people come from, and where do these the genetics fall into play? And you know I can also talk about Shem because Shem went to the east, right? You know he had right. Ham, and all. so we can say that oh we're from Shem, we could say that we are from um, Moab, Damn, right? Any of them, right? Well, right. So you know and i always thought that always interested me because when you like i said when you see special people that have an extra chromosome and then you see their facial features 
but then you see like our facial features, right? Like Asian mm-hmm. facial features. And they have, we have these things. And then you talk about that tribe, that tribe was a very remote tribe. So that gen- genetic diversity is not there, you know? So you're gonna right. have it, that in- incest at some point or cousins and, you know, second cousins and it's all but going that, back. Now that wasn't commanded on them though. That's the only thing I'll say is that that's not something that God said that they needed to do. And where people have the um, religious myth that Adam and Eve and all their daughters incested, they didn't. Um, Whenever Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden and their son uh, Cain was expelled completely and cursed, he said, what should you do? What, where should I go? He found himself a wife and it didn't say he married his sister. And he said, someone will kill me. If you the only family that's on the earth, if you're the only person that's on the earth at all, then why are you worried about someone killing you? You know, so there were the Bible chronicles certain bloodlines. But God but killed it's not that they were the else. only. It's not that they were the yeah, only. Yeah, religion has killed more people God in the history of the world. God's and wiped off the whole Yeah, he did during right. the flood. During the flood. Why are you gonna create some and then destroy it? And then started all right. over again. I don't know. You'd have to ask God. Okay. But no, the no. same. Wait, the listen, same back to the topic of passion. The most passionate <laughs> yeah, person in the Bible say, to me no is not Jesus. Is Noah. This guy created an ark and got two of each animal, man. And and listen, it's actually written in the Bible that Noah, because of his godly fear, I mean that he's commended for having such faith to like be like, yo, look at the world. He was actually his grandfather was Enoch, um, which is one of the... Enoch Enoch didn't die. Enoch didn't die, right? See, you remember that. I always remember Enoch. Enoch didn't die. uh, And Elijah didn't die, and Jesus didn't die. They're the three... He was before the flood. Enoch died and came back. Yeah, but you know what I mean, that taken by God. But um, Enoch was before the flood. He was Noah's grandfather, Mm -hmm. and he was taken before the flood, and he taught Noah everything Noah knows, knew, in order for Noah to be like, yo, something's coming to the world. Um, and I think that we're kind of not in those days as in like, oh, the world is going to end, you know, crazy like that. But we're at a state of disbelief. I think before the flood, it wasn't that the world was empty. The world was full. It's that people had become godless and lived in a godless paradigm so that anyone who was talking about anything about god sounded like they were crazy so here's this man of course building this boat and he's saying you know the world's gonna end things are happening it's crazy and people are like no it's not you know i'm a good person because god knows my heart and i've got my own god and i'm doing great and look who was right though i mean that's why i always i try to open up people with my passion spiritually to show them Forget what you learned in religion. Forget what your fears are telling you. And first, get yourself to the mountain and see who greets you there. Try and go up the mountain. Do that prayer. Do all of that stuff and see what greets you there. There's very few people entering into any type of priesthood or monkhood or spiritual speciality. I meet people who tell me they're shamans and they can't break past the fifth dimension of consciousness. And I'm like, that's real surface. There's 10 of them that you're supposed to be actively interactive with, you know, and um, passion. So, you you know, like, it's definitely that 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 word, that energy 
it really does drive us to whatever direction we want to go to in life. And that shows how powerful and great that we are being all children of God and understanding what Jesus taught. You know, Jesus yeah. taught freedom, justice, equality. He taught it to everybody. He loved people. He gave charity. And, you know, we're not talking about something that's holy. Like, I don't think holy is something that hasn't been mixed, diluted, or tampered with in any form. I don't know if I can attain that, but I know I can be righteous. You know, righteousness is doing what's right and just, you know, yeah. and being upright and standing on your square. So if we can be Christ-like and learn from his life and give and with your heart and do what's best for yourself and humanity, your family, your community, I think we all gonna be in a better place. Peace to man, woman, and child. Thank you.